According to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15, that believers are to make a defense for the hope that you have. Also Philippians chapter 1 verse 7, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. We are commanded to defend the word of God, the context of the word of God, and the purity of the word of God. This is the defender of the word of God. Greetings, greetings, ladies and gentlemen. You have just joined the defender. My name is James Fox, and today is Sunday, October the 28th, 2018. And listen, we are so excited that you took time out of your busy schedule to come and join us on the defender. We are thrilled to have you with us week after week, joining in with us in your respective places, tuning in to our broadcast and adding value to what we do. So we want to say thank you. Thank you to the Resilient Christian Radio Network. We want to thank all of our international uh, audience out there that are tuning in in other countries and around the world who tune in on the Resilient Christian Radio Network and listen to us every week. We thank you for that. Now, we are supported by the Resilient Christian Radio Network. This is The Defender, and this is an outreach of James Fox Ministries. And listen, we would love to have you to be a partner with us. You can be a partner with us simply by going to anchor.fm forward slash The Defender. And we have a three-tier level that you can come on board with us and begin to uh, push with us in spreading this gospel, in, in spreading the words of Christ throughout the land. We have a three-tier level that you can give at. We got a level that starts just at 99 cents a month, a mere 99 cents a, a month. You can partner in with us and allow these broadcasts to go throughout the nation. We also have a 499 level and then a 999 level. Whichever level you feel comfortable in giving, we invite you. As a matter of fact, we want you to be partners with us because you are truly given into good ground, solid ground, solid ground where there is uh, something that is, comes up out this ground that is beneficial for life itself. We hear testimonies from people throughout about what the broadcast is doing for them. People that are tuning into the broadcast and just letting us know that what we are putting out there is definitely beneficial for them. So if you feel that way yourself, then consider being a partner with us because we would love to have you push this gospel out to the world. So once again, uh, we are back here at the desk. And if you were with us last week, we dealt with a topic called Unblind My Mind. And so in that topic, we talked about Paul and his uh, conversion experience and how scales fell from his eyes and he was able to see the reality of God. So we're going to go a bit further in that uh, if there was a title at all, we're going to really give some concrete understanding as to where we're going tonight, because I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, if it was not for the Lord Jesus Christ, I just don't know where my life would be. And many of you all probably have that same testimony. So I'm thankful that he rescued me from a life of sin, degradation, a life of powerlessness, of hopelessness, a life where I felt defeated and like I couldn't go on anymore and that I did not really have any purpose for living. 
And so that was a condition I understand that I had. I, it was a condition that I had within me that blocked me from seeing the realities of God. And so tonight, ladies and gentlemen, if we could offer up any type of uh, title at all for this particular segment tonight, it would be called The Return of the Leper. I'm going to repeat that. It would be called The Return of the Leper. That's L-E-P-E-R. Now, you may say, well, what do you mean when you say the return of the leper? I think the first thing we got to do is find definition as to what is a leper or what is leprosy. Now, you can look up in uh, Merriam-Webster's dictionary. I just chose them. Uh, there are many different versions or variations out there that you can choose from, but basically it breaks it down into a simple uh, statement. And so it defines leprosy as a chronic infection disease caused by a mycobacterium or leprae, L-E-P-R-A-E, affecting especially the skin and the peripheral nerves and characterized by the formation of nodules or macules that enlarge and spread accompanied by loss of sensation with eventual paralysis. Did you get that? With eventual, eventual paralysis, wasting of the muscle and a production of deformities. They also call it Hansen's disease, H-A-N-S-E-N, Hansen's disease. And the second definition of that is called, uh, it speaks about it being a morally or spiritually harmful influence. So that's basically the gist of the definition of when you talk about leprosy. Now, we're going to deal a bit with the history of it, but we're going to talk spiritually what that means and what does the Bible have to say about it and how does it apply to us on a day-to-day -day basis. So I'm going to break it down a little bit simpler than that. Leprosy just really means uncleanness. Did you get that? Leprosy just basically means uncleanness. And for a broader term, it also just signifies sin. S-I-N, sin, sin, the sin nature. Our nature as human beings, we have a leprous nature, meaning we have a sinful nature. It's just what human beings are endowed with, regardless of who they are born from, what ethnic background, what nationality, what uh, economic status None of that makes a difference. It's in the condition of the human family. So let's get some backdrop to this. We really need to understand what are we talking about and what is the cure and how do I know if I have a leprous uh, uh, mentality, if I have a leprous spirit? How do I know if I'm infecting or affecting other people in a negative way and what can I do to cleanse it? Well, the Bible speaks about leprosy in great detail. And so we're just going to open up a bit here so we can get a bit of the understanding. Now, first, we're going to turn to the book of Leviticus. This is chapter 13. And this is dealing with the clean and the unclean. This is dealing with the laws of purification. Now, these things are happening in the Old Testament. Remember, the Old Testament are shadows 
of what the New Testament truly is. It's like a shadow. You know, you're walking down the street, you have a shadow. Now you're walking, sun may be up. There's a shadow that you, you're casting a shadow on the sidewalk where we know that the shadow is not you, but it is from you. It is, it's you in a sense of it's capturing a form of you. Do you understand that? So that's what we mean when we're talking about Old and New Testament. That's why you cannot discard what's in the old and you cannot just stick with that. And you cannot discard the new and just stick with the old or the old and with the new. There's 66 books and you must, as believers, as people coming into the knowledge of God, you have to get revelation from the Holy Spirit as to what he's speaking throughout the Bible. Because the Bible always interprets itself. So we're going to start in verse 13. And this is in the book of Leviticus. And it's basically just giving you a little backdrop of it. Okay. So it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Abraham, saying, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, or bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy. Then he shall be brought unto Aaron, the priest, or unto one of his sons, the priest. You see that? It says, and the priest shall look on the plague in the skin of the flesh. And when the hair in the plague is turned white and the plague in sight be deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a plague of leprosy. You get that? You follow that? Okay. It says, then it says this, and then it says the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. So remember, we said that leprosy is just another variation of being unclean. Verse four, it says, if the bright spot be white in the skin of his flesh and in the sight be not deeper than the skin and the hair thereof be not turned white, then the priest shall shut up him that hath the plague seven days and the priest shall look on him the seventh day and behold if the plague in his sight be at a stay and the plague spread not in the skin then the priest shall shut him up seven days more verse six and the priest shall look on him again the seventh day and behold if the plague be somewhat dark and the plague spread not in the skin the priest shall pronounce him clean it is but a scab and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. Verse seven, but if the scab spread much abroad in the skin, after that he hath been seen of the priest for his cleansing, he shall be seen of the priest again. And if the priest see that, behold, the scab spread up in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprosy. When the plague of leprosy is in a man, then he shall be brought unto the priest and the priest shall see him. And behold, if the rising be white in the skin and it have turned the hair white and there be a quick raw flesh in the rising, it is an old leprosy in the skin of his flesh and the priest shall pronounce him unclean and shall not shut him up for he is unclean. So this particular passage of scripture just goes on and on to talk about leprosy and the condition of leprosy and what it means. Basically for our understanding in present day times, 
we're going to understand that it just really means uncleanness and spiritually speaking, it really is just talking about sin. So let's get a bit more into this. All right. So we're just laying a backdrop for you so you can get some clarity and understand as to where we're going. So we're talking about leprosy. Now, the history of this is this. Now, we're going to deal with the gospel of St. Luke. Chapter 17, we're going to go in there and we're going to go to some other scriptures. But in order for us to fully grasp the significance of the story, we must delve into the history of the text. Now, there are three main issues are of note in this instance. For one, here in this, we're dealing with the country and capital of Samaria. Number two is we are taking into account the issue of race. And number three is we are also dealing with the affliction of leprosy. Now, the capital and later the country of Samaria was situated on the top of a hill. Now, this is we're talking about Samaria because we're going to we're digging in this in this particular scripture. But we got to get an understanding about what is taking place when we bring this story out. So we understand that this country, it was purchased by a wicked king named Omri, O-M-R-I, who was also the father of Ahab. Did you get that? It was purchased by a wicked king named Omri, who was also the father of Ahab. Now, later on, Ahab married a bloodthirsty queen named Jezebel, who took idol worship to the extreme. And they introduced pagan practices from the Phoenicians and the Canaanites. They worshiped Baal, B-E-L, or Belus, B-E-L-U-S, an identical god to Baal. And so Jezebel was able to influence and corrupt the nation of Israel with bizarre displays of all kind of sexual immorality and the sacrifice of newborn children. And Jezebel's father was named Ethbaal, E-T-H-B-A-A-L. And he was a high priest of Ashtoreth, A-S-H-T-O-R-E-T-H in Zidonia. Now, these are different people that are influential in the Bible. They have their particular character traits, their stories, and today they have the different spirits that are Roman that represent the, the type of uh, things that they did and they carrying them out. So we understand that from this particular passage here, we're talking about this was a mixing of mystery religions. Do you understand that? It was a mixing of mystery religions. You had these uh, uh, demon worshipers. And so they it ultimately led to the downfall of the Northern Kingdom, which is kingdom, which Samaria was a part of. So there was a lot of contention between the Hebrew Israelites and the Samaritans, and a lot of antagonism existed between these two people groups. For number one, the Jews looked at themselves as the pure seed of Abraham descendants and considered the Samaritans a lower class mixed breed of half Jews. And the Samaritans were the byproduct of intermarrying and surrounding with surrounding nations before the fall of the northern kingdom. So that's giving you a backdrop of that. Now, we need to make this applicable to what we're dealing with in today's times. When you are unsaved individual, you are just like a Samaritan. You get that? 
When you're an unsaved individual, you're just like a Samaritan. You are someone who others may appear to look on as not clean. So we're talking about leprosy. We're talking about lepers and lepers were ceremoniously unclean. You and I, family and friends, before we come to God, we were enemies of God and we were ceremonially unclean. This is why Jesus had to come and do what he did so that we could be grafted back in to the family of God. So let's get the scriptures open here, okay? So we can really get a, a deeper understanding. That we're going to go to John chapter four. John chapter four and verse four. Now in this, just talking about how Jesus is coming through Samaria. It said, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples did, he left Judea and departed again unto Galilee. Verse four, and he must needs go through Samaria. Now, Samaria was just this place that we described how it came into being. It says, then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. And it says, now Jacob's well was there and Jesus, therefore being weary with his journey, sat thus on the well and it was about the sixth hour. Now, there's a whole lot that goes into this. It said, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me drink. And for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy me. Then the woman said of Samaria said, how is it that thou being a Jew ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. You see that? Now, we just contrasted that. That's talking about how you and I, before we come to the family of God, we're just like Samaritans. We are someone who's looked down upon. We look like a, a mixed breed of, of people. We look like a, a mixed breed as far as the mixture of sin that's in our life. You see that? That's how we look in the spirit. It says, so Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that said to thee, give me the drink, thou wouldest asked of him and would have given thee living water. And so the woman said, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep. From when then hast thou that living water? So she's basically asking Jesus, what are you talking about? What is this water that you're talking about? That's basically like you and I, before we come to the Lord, we're thirsty. We're thirsty for something because we're doing things in the world and the world can't seem to quench our thirst. We're doing things in a natural sense, trying to satisfy something that's a deep spiritual significance and spiritual hunger. For some, it might be clubbing. For some, it might be going, doing drugs. It might be uh, partying all the time. For some, it might be shopping. For others, it might be indulging in um, uh, overeating or shopping or all of these different kind of things we do or uh, being codependent in relationships or just a host of other things that we can do uh, to try to satisfy a thirst that we have within us. You see that. And so she said, are thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? So she's basically still going back on what she knew. And that's how we are. We always go back to what we know. 
when we come face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ, we always want to go back to something that we know if we do not get the essence of who he is. You see that because she's still talking about the well. She's still talking about uh, this is who our father, this is what our ancestors gave us. How many of you know that you can get caught up in what your predecessors did and not understand the significance of the reality of God being right before you in the present day? You see that. This is how people can get caught up in tradition. They can get caught up in uh, religious formalities and not have the real water, the real water, water which represents spirit, water which represents the Holy Spirit. They can have religion. They can have tradition. They can have functionality. They can have all of these things, but not have the true living water that will quench the thirst that they have. So here she is still talking about Jacob, talking about his children and his cattle. And then Jesus said to her, whosoever drink of this water shall thirst again. He's basically telling her, listen, and that's what he's saying to you and I. Listen, you can keep doing what you're doing whether it's running to uh, the, the malls and spending all your money, whether it's running uh, uh, to the to the bookies and gambling, whether it's, uh, you know, running to this relationship or that relationship. You can keep running and doing these things. You can keep trying to satisfy this thirst that you have in your spirit with other things. But he's telling he's telling this woman, he's telling the Samaritan, which is, we will represent it by the Samaritan, the Samaritan mindset is what we have before we get Christ in our spirit. So he's saying, listen, whoever drink of that water going to thirst again. He's basically saying you can keep doing what you're doing, but you're going to always be thirsty. You're going to always be searching. You're going to always be looking. You're never going to be satisfied with the things that you're doing. And so he said then in verse 14, he said, but whosoever drink of the water that I shall give him shall what? Never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. Basically, Jesus is telling her what I give you of my spirit inside your spirit will be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He's basically saying that when I impart my spirit to you and you receive the power from the Holy Spirit inside your being, it's going to be a well of water. You see how he contrasted that? It was a natural well that they was drinking out of and she was saying that the well was deep. But he's telling her that, listen, I have a well in my spirit that I'm going to transfer into your spirit as you receive me. And this well is not only deep and this well not only quenches thirst, but this well springs up unto everlasting life. So he's telling her that what I give you is going to transcend death. You see that what I give you is going to transcend death. What he's telling you and me and that is what he gives to us when we come to him is going to transcend the death situation that we may be in. See, because everything that we do in the natural will come to a close. It will come to an end. You can only spend but so much. You can only buy but so much. You can only intake but so much of the substances that's in the world system before it comes to an end. 
But the Lord is saying, what I'm going to give you is going to be water springing up into everlasting life. So verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. She's basically saying, listen, I want the water that is that you can give me that I'm not going to be thirsty again. I want something in me that I don't have to come to the natural world to get. You see that? Because she said, neither come hither to draw. She said, I don't want to keep coming to this natural well to get something that my spirit needs satisfying. I can only get that through what you're telling me. Give me that water. You see that? And that's what many people, ladies and gentlemen, are suffering from being in the condition of a Samaritan mindset, being in a condition of having a leprous mentality, a leprous infection of sin running in our life. This is the thing that happens to many, many, many people and where they're not able to get the water that they need. So it says, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, go call your husband and come hither. Call him and come. This is what she's saying. And so in this, the Lord is telling her that, listen, I have the water that will give you life. So we understand that. And so the Lord is very, very uh, descriptive in the way that he uh, designs his word and what he's speaking through his word, how he's trying to get us to understand the reality of who he is. And so we're understanding this thing about leprosy and leprosy and the condition of leprosy and what it is and what it means and what it does to people. Basically, as we said, it is the condition of sin that is in our life. It's basically talking about being unclean. And that's what it really means. So let's let's get a bit more understanding on this because we need to understand that for one, leprosy is passed to people and the condition of it can in fact as it stated, deaden the nerves. It deadens the feeling. So you can be wrapped up into something you're doing in your life so deep that your nerves can become deadened. You can be desensitized to the very things that you're doing because of the sin of leprosy that is in your life. Now, we're looking at the scripture here and we're going to get a bit of a story. It's, a, it's, a, it's about what it means. So here it is talking about leprosy in the book of Numbers, chapter 12. This is the story of Miriam and Aaron and what happened to her. And so in chapter 12, it says, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses. So Moses was the man of God that God was using at this time. And Moses is Miriam's younger brother. And he is the man that God has used, who's raised up for the time to deliver the people. So here we got the situation now. It says, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the, of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So here was Miriam upset that uh, Moses had married an Ethiopian woman. She wasn't an Israelite. And they said, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. So they were grumbling and complaining. 
and the Lord heard it. They were speaking against the delegated authority at the time and the Lord heard it. So for you and I, that's why we got to be careful of what we speak. We don't need to speak against delegated authorities that God has put in place to lead. You get that? We should not speak against because we can, in fact, brings, bring God's displeasure on us when we do that. So God said here, he said, now the man Moses, now he would say, now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which upon the face of the earth. That was some tremendous meekness, okay? He had humility like we've never seen. It says, and the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and to Aaron and to Miriam. He said, come out you three unto the tabernacle of the congregation and they three came out. So the Lord called them to a conference. He called them to a summit. Verse five, and the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth. And he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision. And I will speak unto him in a dream. Verse seven, my servant Moses is not so who is faithful in all mine house. Verse eight, with him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And in the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the Lord is upset. He's saying, listen, he ain't no regular prophet. I speak to him face to face. He's a face to face prophet, not a regular prophet. He face to face with me. He's not talking through me. I'm not speaking to him through dreams. I'm not speaking to him the other ways that you know prophets to speak and in, in visions. He said, I'm coming to him directly. He said, so why were you not afraid to speak against my servant, Moses? Verse nine said, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed. So he was upset and he left. And then it said the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. So the presence of God withdrew from them. It said, and Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us. So remember, in the beginning, we talked about how leprosy is just a condition of sin. Spiritually speaking, this is what we're talking about. Now, we know there are natural connotations and there are natural uh, different things that describes leprosy. But we're talking about it in the spiritual context that it is sin. So Aaron said, lay not the sin upon us where we have done foolishly and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead of whom the flesh is half consumed when he come out of his mother's womb. So Aaron is giving you and I, family and friends, a description of what this leprosy means and what it looks like. He said, let her not be as one dead. Now, remember, we talked about how the condition of leprosy can deaden the nerves. It deadens the sensitivity to the things of the spirit. Did you get that? Having a leprous or sinful condition deaden you to the sensitivity of the things of the spirit. This is why so many people can just waddle and do sinful things and continue to be in it and have no conviction of it because sin is leprous and sin cloaks you and it makes you uh, 
you are you are not affected you are dulled to the senses you have been uh your your, your senses have been decreased to where you can't feel even the effects of what it's doing to you. This is why many people are like blind. That's why it talks about leprosy, also talks about it being like scales. We talked about last week about how Paul, he was blind. And when the Holy Spirit, when the spirit came upon him, it said that scales, it, it was like scales falling from his eyes. You remember that? So it was like, scales. It was like sin was falling from his eyes. The leprous condition of sin was falling away from his eyes and he could then see. So here it talks about it right here. It said, don't let us be as one dead. So we understand that leprosy has to deal with a dead condition. It said, of whom the flesh is half consumed. It eats away at you. That's what the sin condition of leprosy does. To you and me, family and friends, when we are outside of the kingdom of God, outside of the realm and the spectrum of God, sin will eat away at your flesh. It will consume you. It said, and Moses cried unto the Lord saying, heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, if a father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days, and after that, let her be received in again. Verse 15, and Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. You see that? So there is that number seven. Uh, we talked about it in the beginning. It talks about them being separated for the period of seven days. Now we know the seven represents the Lord. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the Lord. He is the Sabbath man. He is the seventh man on the scene. When the woman talked about the different husbands that she had, and that's in that particular scripture that we were dealing with. He talked about her and how she had had five husbands and the husband she was with was the sixth husband. But now she was talking to the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the seventh man, who when he married her in her spirit, she was not going to go and thirst after another man again. Do you see that? So that that's what we're talking about here. See, the Bible always breaks itself down. It always makes itself relevant to what is speaking. And so here we understand that it said she had to be shut out for seven days. All right. So let's go on a bit further here. Let's open up another passage here. Let's go to the book of Luke. And we're going to go to chapter 17. And we're going to read in here. The book of Luke, chapter 17. And we're going to start at verse 11. Now, we built the backdrop about Samaria and Galilee. So here we are again dealing with this same situation. All right. It says, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. So all these things were happening in sequence. It said, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. You see, 
The sin condition of leprosy, that sin condition, that uncleanness makes you always want to stand afar off. And see, back in these times when they, people were lepers, they had leper colonies. These were individuals that were put outside of society. So for you and me, what does that mean? The lepers of today, ladies and gentlemen, family, friends, I was a leper before I received Christ. That's what I'm saying. I was a leper. I had a condition that separated me from God. I had a condition that kept me outside the providential provinces of God. You see that? So it said they stood afar off. So the lepers today are those that are considered to be outcasts. They considered to be those that are unwanted because when they lived in leper colonies, they couldn't go around other people. They had to come in and shout before they came in. They had to say unclean, unclean. They had to holler that they were unclean. You see that? And we may not holler it out unclean, but our ways of living would denote that we live in unclean. You see that? So these things were happening on the outside. Nowadays, it's happening internally on the inside. And this is why we got to have a washing of the Holy Spirit. So it says they stood afar off. It says and they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. The first thing that we got to do, and we talked about it last week, is that we got to ask God for mercy for your condition, for your sinful condition, for your state of mind, your state of being, the things that you're doing that's contrary to God, the ungodly things that we do. We have to ask for mercy. So it said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And then he said, when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a what? He was a Samaritan. You see that? He was an unclean individual. He was uh, an outsider. He was an outcast. He was an individual that was put outside the, the things of God. He could not enjoy the natural things that were happening in society. Some people feel that way. They feel like they are outcasts. They feel like they don't belong. They feel like they've been shunned by society. So Jesus, in his beauty of who he is, he comes in to heal and cleanse us from being leprous. He heals and cleanses us from our sin condition. So it says he fell down at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, it says, and Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, say this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way, thy faith have made thee whole. So we're understanding this. He is met there by the shouts of 10 lepers crying out from a distance saying, Jesus, have mercy on us. The lepers stood at a distance because what? The disease they had, it was contagious. How many people know that sin is contagious? And it was a custom for one infected to announce before they would approach anyone. So you understand, ladies and gentlemen, that these lepers, they were very much aware of their physical uncleanness. And so we also know 
that one of them was a Samaritan. That's what the Bible says. It says, so this would add to the fact of them knowing they could have easily been overlooked, yet they cried out to Jesus in their distress. So we know that we can be overlooked, we can be passed by, but there is one who will take notice of our condition. There is one, ladies and gentlemen, family, friends, and if you listen to this broadcast and you felt like you've been one that's been overlooked, you felt like you one that's been shunned for whatever reason, it might be the way you look, might be the way you dress, might be the way you speak, might be um, your economic status. It might be the side of town that you live on. It might be the race that you belong to. You see that all of these different things, but there is one who will look on you with such love, with such compassion, with such mercy that he'll bypass everything that anybody's ever tried to put on you and extend healing and extend cleansing to your condition. So we see that the mercy of the Lord when he commanded them to show them to the priest. So he said, listen, this great faith is getting ready to be exercised. And you saw that. It was exercised by the levels because they were not healed immediately. In the text, it says, as they went, they were healed. So therefore, their healing, ladies and gentlemen, family, friends, was contingent upon their obedience. That's what it is for you and me. So many times, we want God to do something right then and right there. But he's telling us that upon us obeying is when the solution comes. The solution comes in the obeying of moving forward on what he has asked us or told us to do. So we got to bear in mind one thing. Jesus, he never, never did he say, be healed. He didn't do that this time. He didn't lay hands on them. And, and he didn't drive out an evil spirit of infirmity. It was just a simple command. He told them what to do. So all he did was give them a word to follow. You see that? He just gave them a word and they followed. They responded. He gave them a word. So that's what it is for you and me. Many people don't want to come to Christ because they won't just take the word itself and follow the word. You see that? He gave them the word and the word was what gave them their deliverance. So one of the lepers saw that he was cleansed and he returned back to Jesus and he was shouting and praising God. And it said, you know, he fell at the feet of Jesus, thanking him for his healing. So we understand that he was a leper. He was a Samaritan. He knew his condition before the Lord. He knew of the disdain and the ill refute. He thought he had in the eyes of Jews because of his heritage and also his disease. You know, the same way he cried out loud for help is the same loud cry that went up to God in Thanksgiving. So just as much as you scream out for help, when help comes, you've got to be just as much a praiser when the deliverance comes. Did you get that? I'm going to let that sink for just a minute. Just as much as noise as you make when you need the help, when the help come, you need to make just as much noise and praise for the help that has come and from whom it's come through. You see that? So he was unashamed, ladies and gentlemen. He was unashamed in his thanksgiving. He was unashamed in his grief and his misery. And he was unashamed in his appreciation for the mercy and the love that God showed him. You see that other people, they kept on going. 
They kept on going their way without acknowledging the one who healed them. They showed no appreciation for what miracle had been worked in their lives. So Jesus told the man who came back to worship him that his faith had made him whole. Some things are just as relevant today as it was when it occurred. So we understand that the church is like the 10 lepers of that day. We may stand back from Jesus because of our own sin consciousness, yet he still comes to us when we cry out in earnest to him. The Lord deals with the misconception of the church's attitude toward herself and towards him in this particular story. We presume that we are not worthy because we are not in the same class as he is. And we condemn ourselves because like the leprosy of the 10, we are contagious and infectious. Even in all that we have in our nature, the Lord still receives us if we would seek his touch sincerely. Do you get that? Do you, do you see the significance of that? So that leper that came back to offer praise is just like us. That's what we should always be willing to proclaim is God's goodness for us. We can shout loudly to the Lord who's been so kind and graceful and compassionate to us. So the Lord was looking for the nine who didn't return. And what does that say? The church cannot afford to be like those who refuse to thank and praise God openly. The lepers who kept walking were too concerned about themselves than to pay homage and tribute to the real priests who healed them. Remember, in these passages of scripture, it said that you had to be taken to the priest before you could be pronounced clean. That's what we read in the book of Numbers and uh, also when we read that in the book of Leviticus. When we started out tonight, that you got to be taken to the priest. And so there's another story that talks about that. It talks about that in the, um, as Naaman. Naaman was a captain of the host. You find that over in the book of Second Chronicles. And it talks about that. It talks about Naaman and how he was, uh, he was a captain of the host. He was a great man. And uh, he came to Elisha, the prophet, and he wanted to be cleansed of the leprosy that he had. And the, and the prophet told him to go dip himself seven times in this particular water. He didn't want to go dip in that particular water because he wanted to go to a place that he thought was much better. But he ended up doing what God told him to do. And when he did that, he was healed of his leprosy. So this just tells us, ladies and gentlemen, that we have a sin condition, a sin condition of leprosy, and it's contagious. And so we got to understand that there are remedies for the infection. And the remedy is God himself. The remedy is Jesus Christ himself. You see, leprosy spreads. And in this definition, we read about it. It said it deadens the nerves and it causes deformities. All these things that happen in the natural sense also happens in the spiritual. We get spiritually deformed when we have the sin of leprosy in our life. And these things can be deep. They can be hidden. It can take years before they manifest because we can cover it up with different things, different things inside of our heart, inside of our soul that we don't want to let out, that we don't want to allow the Lord to come in and heal. It can be a leprous situation. And that, ladies and gentlemen, can keep you separated from God. 
You see that when you have that condition inside you and you don't let the Lord deal with that, that keeps you separated from the presence of God. Because it says there, even with Miriam, that the presence of God left, he departed. He lifted up from off the tower. He left the place. And as soon as he left, the judgment dropped and she became leprous. You see that? So ladies and gentlemen, no matter where you are in life, there is a remedy for the condition of uncleanness, for the condition of the sin nature. And that lies in the acceptance and the internal dwelling of the spirit of Christ that becomes a part of your everyday life. You see that. So don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly that an opportunity comes your way to be healed and to be cleansed. If you're on this broadcast and just joining us, we've been talking about the return of the leper. And basically that's just saying the return of the sinner, the return of the one who was ostracized from God, who was outside of the provinces in the kingdom of God, the return of the leper. See, we may have conditions in our life that other people cannot see, but God sees it all. And so because he shines lights in particular areas, We've got to be willing to release those things to him so that we can be healed. Did you get that? So tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking about the return of the leper. We've been talking about this condition of leprosy, and we laid down a foundation so we could understand where it comes from and how we can be healed, how we can be cleansed from the condition. So listen. We're on every Sunday at 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. My name is James Foss. This is The Defender. You can go on anchor.fm forward slash The Defender and become a partner of our broadcast. We welcome you to do that. We want you to have yourself an awesome, awesome week. We will see you again next time on The Defender. Have yourself a great evening. The Defender is an online radio broadcast geared toward teaching the Word of God. Our aim is to present the scriptures of the Bible in an informative, systematic process that exalts the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We strive for the inner and accurate interpretation of the scriptures by revelation from the Holy Spirit. We are established to give His counsel as pertains to what He has revealed in His Word. Tune in next time for The Defender. The Defender is copyrighted by James Fox Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.